Aaron, Polly, and Wayne. I'm Aaron. This is Paul. And this is Wayne. So, you know, we now live in a world where they made a good uh, Suicide Squad movie. I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) Well, apparently they did the first time around. It just never got released. (laughs) Probably Uh, never will be. I uh, I, got to tell you, I was was very, very ready to be entertained. And uh, The Suicide Squad did not let me down. Yeah, I was constantly amazed throughout the movie how they leaned into incredibly cheesy, horrible concepts. Ridiculous concepts, right? And made it work. Yeah. They made Polka Dot Man awesome. They pulled off Starro in live action. And, you know, there there were certainly problems with the film uh, in in terms of, of story and whatnot. But I was having so much fun, I did not care. And that's the mark. Uh, that is what DC has needed to do, right? Uh, mm-hmm. DC has needed to entertain in their superhero movies so that you don't care about the great big, you know, uh, plot holes and inconsistencies. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I, I loved the performances, usually Harley Quinn, uh, even though I, I genuinely adore Margot Robbie. Harley Quinn tends to get on my nerves. Loved her in this movie. I thought yeah, she was I, so well handled in this movie. I really love the fact that she didn't need to be rescued. She didn't need like, to be rescued, and she grew. She yeah. grew as a character. I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. They go to mount the rescue, and not only has she rescued herself, she's pretty much killed everybody in the building. Yeah. Like, well, I, I love that, you know, she she has this, spoilers, by the way, she has this, you know, great sort of whirlwind romance. And then, you know, as the guy is is talking to her about, you know, all the diabolical things he's done, she kills him. I, I, I mean, I just love it. She's like, yeah, I kind of figured out that, uh, you know, you, you, got, you guys are, are bad for me. And uh, it's just better to kill you now. I just I loved that scene. It was yeah. it, it was so it was charming. Uh, the romance was 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 sweet, and you're just like, this is so cool to see Harley, you know, being swept off her feet as she was treated like a princess, and then she kills the guy. I loved that whole sequence. Yeah, and I love her dynamic with Flag. Uh huh. That he is legitimately a friend. Yeah, yeah. I was. I I I, I just I. I I know that there are things that are very similar and parallel to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, you yeah. know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, is it Tiger Shark? Is that who he was? King, King Shark. Shark. Okay. Um, King, King Shark is, you know, re- has been referred to while well, he's Groot. And yeah, there are certainly some some similarities there, but I fucking loved King Shark. I, I mean, th- there was not a character in the movie uh, on the, on the Suicide Squad that I didn't just fall in love with. I thought they were all terrific. I lo- the the notion that you got all of these A list actors to kill off in the first ten minutes of the movie was fantastic. Yeah, were either were either you as shocked as I was by some of that? Like I expected a high death count, uh-huh. but when they killed big name villains like Captain Boomerang, uh-huh. I did not expect them to kill him right away within the first few minutes. I was highly amused at how uh, Nathan Fillion's character DTK dies. 
uh, I, I was very surprised at how uh, little utilized uh, Pete Davidson was. I mean, I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, the, the, the storming the beach scene, I just thought was terrific. And Michael, Michael Rooker. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, fuck this. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> I just, the whole thing, ju- I just thought was hysterical. Yeah. I, and I, they did such a great job of making you hate Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. Like they, well, and that's not hard for at- me because I cannot abide, uh, Violet Davis. Uh, I, 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 she, she always seems to play the same type of character in what I have seen. I know she's got a, a, a larger, uh, book of, uh, film and television that I'm probably seeing, but it seems like the, all the things that I've seen her in, she's the same person. And I just, I cannot stand her. Plus, I think there, there are other actors that I would have preferred to see in her role. And I, you know, I, I, I would, uh, you know, direct you to earlier episodes where we talked about Suicide Squad. I won't go into that again, but I just sincerely dislike Violet Davis and was thrilled when Amanda Waller took a, a golf club to the head, uh, later in the film. Yeah, that was one of the moments I cheered for. Yeah. I mean, you got to see people actually acting like people. Yeah. You know, the story I thought was a solid story as compared to the first one. Not that it didn't have some issues, but it was a good story in and of itself. Yeah. But people, growth on even background characters. I found myself rooting, hoping for certain of the villains to survive the movie. I found myself cheering for the support staff for, you know, Task Force yeah. X. And who they've got that brilliant scene at the beginning of the film where they're all, you know, uh, taking odds on who's going to survive the mission and how early they'll die in the mission. And that is so tacky, but you know, that's absolutely what people would do. Yeah. You know, so, Paul, you've been quiet. I, I mean, no, because I, I don't disagree with anything you guys are saying. Um, you know, I'm the nitpicky one, more more so of the group. I genuinely enjoyed it. Like Aaron said, it's not perfect. Um, it, you know, for me, it probably could have used. Which I'm gonna, I feel like I'm gonna say this about every movie that I watch on on a streaming service. Could have used a little bit more editing. You know, I actually I could, felt like, like it needed it needed some. I think it needed about five more minutes. Really, because I felt it what, needed like ten, fifteen less. I but it might have been pacing. I strongly what I felt like was missing was uh, any serious attempt on Starro's part to put his little drones on the Suicide Squad. He tries it once, never tries it again. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that was missing. It it was missing to me that, I mean, I really thought Polka Dot Man was going to get a Starro. Um, I, I, I just, I was like, oh my God, that's coming. And it didn't. And then it didn't happen for anybody. And I just, I wish that they had left somebody alive on the Suicide Squad that, that uh, could have had that. And I also hate that, you know, Starro kills you, essentially. You know, he destroys your mind when he takes possession of you instead of, you know, you gaining your mind back when Starro dies or is defeated. Um, so that was that was kind of rugged, which is why you couldn't just put it on one of the characters that you wanted to use again. Um, I just I really wish that we had gotten to see someone with powers have the Starro. Yeah, my biggest nitpick about the Starro fight was they make the comment of, okay, cover your face. And you've got characters that have face masks and things that then don't bother wearing them for the entire fight. 
And I understand they do that because it's a movie and they want to show the actors' faces, but I mean, come on, take basic precautions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wear a face mask. That's all we're saying. <laughs> it, it was nice to see Idris Elba in a uh, science fiction, you know, superhero movie and actually be utilized. Yeah. Uh, it was really nice. I mean, because, you know, he's Heimdall in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He played uh, the big bad in Star Trek Beyond, and you couldn't see him under the thousand pounds of makeup that he was wearing. Uh, I, I just I really enjoyed getting to see Idris Elba, and I thought he was terrific in this. But I got to tell you, I think the shining star of this film is John Cena. Yeah, that scene yeah. with him and John Cena. Yes, where they're just walking through killing people, trying to one up each other. Yeah, that was such a wonderful scene. It's the one thing I look oh. at at this movie and say it was just fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it, and well, I can't they, they say get that about. A lot of they, DC movies. They get in there to rescue Flag, and it's oh, we killed all the you know, <laughs> all the freedom fighters. Yeah, we we didn't see any freedom fighters out here. Uh, did did you? No, I didn't see anybody. Nobody here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great joke. I I yeah. thought this movie was so, super enjoyable, and I'll watch it again. I'll watch it again this weekend, most likely, because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I want to go back and watch it and see the things I missed because there were a lot of little Easter eggs in there, mm-hmm. and I. I tend to not catch as many of them first time because I'm sure. so engrossed in a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> excuse me. It is on uh, HBO max for the next month. So I'll, yeah, I'll probably watch it one more time before the month is out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, gen- I did genuinely enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I liked, I, I like that we're getting, it's already filmed uh, a peacemaker, like follow up uh, well, series. So, so that was the big thing in the movie is, you know, I, I felt like, that was one of my other complaints is that I felt like some of the the drama and the suspense was was robbed from me because I knew that there's a Peacemaker TV show coming, right? Yeah, but I could have, but I thought it was an. I actually thought it was a prequel, but I guess well, and, and so when when you know Peacemaker, you know, uh, air quotes dies in the movie, I'm like, oh, I guess that is a prequel then. And then you know, spoilers in credit sequence, we see that he's alive. Yeah, the pre in credit sequence the one like right before that i with, was so happy with weasel yeah i i love the weasel and i was so disappointed that you know he, he drowned <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad to see he's back i hope we get to see more of him i yeah. you know they, they the the cgi on king shark was just terrific and stallone uh playing king shark's voice was terrific i i yeah, just agree. i just Totally dug this movie, and, I, and now I need a King Shark action figure. <laughs> I, I, I know one exists. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are a couple out there. Yeah, so super fun. I think yeah. we all enjoyed yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Was... The last thing I want to mention about Suicide Squad is the music. I think just like Guardians, they did a really good job of picking like yeah. old a yeah. lot of older music, but picking songs that really are modern songs that fit. Uh-huh. And by like modern, I mean actual music, not uh, just a a score for it. Yeah, you know it's got to be nice, you know, making a film for Warner Brothers. And when you're when you're a director like James Gunn, who has such an ear for the music he wants to plug in, uh, it's got to be nice working with Warner Brothers. And you've got the entire Warner Brothers catalog. Yeah, you know, so yeah. you're not having to argue for music rights. I mean, some prison blues to start oh man, the movie. That was off. a great way to start the movie. I, thanks for bringing that up, Wayne. Because I, number one, I, I, I loves me some Johnny Cash. 
Uh, and I, I just thought that was a, a perfect setting of the tone uh, for this movie. It's a good movie. It's a good yeah, movie. Absolutely. It's a real popcorn movie. I, I This is the first movie I think I've seen in Pandemic. I mean, not even Justice League made me feel this way. Uh, it was the first movie I've seen in Pandemic. I was like, might have liked to have seen that in a movie theater. You know, I, I, I think I would have enjoyed seeing that on a larger screen. It does seem like it, it had some shots that were intended for 3D. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys saw, but there are actual extras, um, you know, like featurettes and stuff also yeah. available. Yeah, I noticed on that. HBO on Max. Watched, yeah, on HBO yeah. Max. Oh, I did not catch that. Yeah, I haven't you, watched them, but I noticed it. They, they talk about the camera that they use to film. They use red cameras to film the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with them. I've, I've had heard of them. But they are basically like handheld cameras, um, you know, super high quality handheld cameras that that they use to get some of the you know the fight sequences so they can get closer to the actors, things like right. that than they could with a normal camera. Um, so it, it's only like uh, three minutes long, but it, it, but they, there's other features. There's also behind the scenes. There's a couple of different things. That is there were also some really interesting cinematic choices when it comes to the filming, mm-hmm. like having the big fight between Peacemaker and Colonel Flag. You see a part of it as a reflection in Peacemaker's helmet. Right. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn's a fantastic filmmaker. And, you know, something else I'd like to point out in this movie, you know, very special effects heavy. You could see them all. You know, at no point did they hide. It wasn't dark and raining. Right. Yeah. (laughs) At no point did they did they hide the special effects and the darkness or the rain. In fact, there there are, you know, uh, sequences shot at night. There are sequences shot in the rain. I could see everything, Paul. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I, you know, we're, we're, we're going on and on about this, but you know, if you haven't seen the suicide squad, uh, you're missing out because I, I was thoroughly entertained. I was thoroughly entertained. I, again, you know, the quibbles that I have are minor and they did mm-hmm. not diminish my enjoyment in the film. Agreed. And I thought I thought Starro was was balls out fantastic uh, on on the uh, on the screen. And you know what I really wanted is I wanted somebody to target one of those ducts where he was you know pooping out little Starros. It seemed like that yeah, was I the kind place of expected that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, little jar. Maybe maybe we'll get a, a Jaro. I'm hoping movie. I'm hoping we get a Jaro that calls Batman Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Good movie. So, um, you know, we, we didn't record last week. So a lot of the books that we're going to talk about, well, all the books we're going to talk about this week are um, our last week books. Uh, well, Paul, but, why is that? Why, why aren't we talking about this week's book? So it seems like, you know, we'd, we'd want to keep as current as we could and talk about the books that were new this week. What the fuck, Paul? Well, nothing really came out this week that That's we right. thought was conversation worthy. That's right, because this yeah. week's books really, really kind of shit the bed. Yeah, well, I mean, it, I guess it was a fifth. Well, no, it's a, it was a first week. I don't know. Just a, definitely one of those weeks where none of us really had um, a lot on our poll list, yeah. especially yeah. when you compare with last week. Last week, you know, I was a, a crap ton of books between, yep. you know, uh, Beta Ray Bill, the Superman books, Icon and Rocket. You know, uh, I picked up the I picked up that issue of Sword, considering yeah. the story of Last Annihilation. I did as well. But, you know, and, and, and not just one, and I don't know why why DC did this, you got three Superman books last week, uh-huh. um, Batman, Superman, Action Comics, and Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue one. Well, and the weird thing is this week, it wasn't just that the big two didn't have much out. I buy a lot of weird shit. You guys see some of my screenshots of what I buy. 
I didn't even buy anything this week outside of, you know, I had less than five bucks. I don't think I even bought anything that was on sale this week. I mean, there just wasn't much out there. I bought a few things in the What If sale. I I finished up my collection of all of the uh, the classic What If volumes. Yeah, I already have have all that, and I was just like, well, there's nothing here for me. Because I did. I scoured that What If seal to make sure there wasn't something I was missing. But yeah, it was a light week. And I this is one of those things I don't understand about comics. Why do they dump everything out on one week when they know they're going to have such a light week afterward? I don't understand why you wouldn't spread that out. Because I'm sure that, that, that you know customers go in and say, well, I'd really like that book, but there's so much this week, and I only have you know this amount of money. I don't understand that. But Paul, yes, Superman, sir. Son of Kal-El, number one, has already sold out on its first printing. Yeah, I saw that, which is great because, um, you know, I've been looking forward to this book. And I know we have mixed feelings about the aging up of Jonathan Kent um, that Bendis did that has led to this book. But, you know, this book isn't written by Brian Michael Bendis. It's written by Tom Taylor, yeah. uh, you know, who we are we are fans of, Mr. Taylor. Well, and someone who knows how to write DC characters. Brian mm-hmm. Michael Bendis, great writer. Not such a good DC Comics writer, no. but uh, but Tom Taylor, man, he he is in the zone because uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this book and with, with the artwork by John Timms. Uh, I thought this book really sung. So my question for Wayne yep. is, what did you think of the artwork by John Timms? I liked it. Okay, I wasn't sure because it was it, it it had a Ramos feel to me, an Umberto Ramos feel to me. Yeah, it's not nearly as. Like, my problem with Umberto Ramos' art is it's very pointed. He doesn't seem to like curves. And there are some very square jaws and things, but it's not nearly Umberto Ramos-level square lines. I mean, it's certainly the type of art style that I like. So, yeah, I thought the art was great. I thought the story was great. I like, you know, I like that they're, um, I, I don't know, I, I like how kind Jonathan Kent is. yeah. You know, yeah, Bendis put him through hell, and but he still came out the other side as hopeful. So you I'm know. probably going to be the on the lower side compared to you guys on enjoyment of this book. Uh, I didn't like the beginning of it. After it switches over to Jonathan, I really enjoyed the rest of the book. But it felt like I've seen this story before of Superman is supposed to be somewhere for his family, and instead he's dealing with even this, an alien invasion. I think that was what it was last time, too. All of this felt so, like, repeated like I'd seen it before. But then we get to the birth of Jonathan, and the dialogue just, the dialogue in those scenes just did not ring realistic to me. And especially what woman in labor is going to describe her, you know, son being born as maybe we wait until he's breathing outside of amniotic sac. Yeah, that, I thought that was a, a, a little a little strange bit of dialogue there. But let me tell you what I did like about this. You know, uh, originally, John was conceived and born in on an on an in a pocket universe right right he was born in the what was that series called Con- convergence i think convergence yeah, yes convergence. thank you i was thinking <laughs> concourse what was that uh yeah convergence and so i am i have been fuzzy about his origins now in the dc universe and they they firmly establish 
that when everything reset again, he was born here in, in this universe in the Fortress of Solitude, and the heroes of the Justice League all gather around to take care of the world while uh, you know Superman can be with Lois as his baby is being born. Um, I really dug that scene, and I got to tell you, it 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 put some things to rest for me because I'd really been struggling with I don't understand John's you know, uh, origins in the DC universe. So I, I was, I was, I was very happy about that. And, you know, like Paul said, I, I, I truly do enjoy the optimism and kindness of Jonathan in this book. I still prefer eight year old Jonathan, but I like who this person is and I liked how they handled him in the book. And I like how he solves the problem of the, uh, of the, you know, the, I'm not going to call him a supervillain. I'm just going to call him the, the unfortunate guy who had superpowers and caused a, a wildfire. Um, I liked how he solved that. I, I liked, always love when a character with the S shield on solves the the big fight, the villain, whatever, without it being a fight. Yeah, and then you know we we see that he still has you know this solid relationship with Damien that the he and Damien uh, Wayne are, are still best friends and they still talk to each other and confide in each other we get to see a, bit, a little bit of what's going on in Damien's world if you're not following the bat books and you know Damien says you know you know maybe maybe this issue you're having is that you don't really have a, a secret identity and he's going to hook him up um i uh that's one of the things i thought was a little weird is that uh he He's been been alive all this time. Shouldn't he already have a secret identity? I don't get that. Well, his secret identity was blown by his father. True. Good point. When, Good point. Yeah. When Clark yeah. came out and told the world he's yeah. Clark Kent, you're absolutely right. Suddenly, everyone knows that you know this that, is Jonathan yeah. Kent. Yeah, I hadn't put that together. You're absolutely right, Wayne. Yeah, he did. He didn't give up his secret identity. His father gave up his secret identity while he was in the future. Yeah. Yeah, no, so I I liked that. I liked the uh, that they were giving him an identity and that uh, it's going to be set up, you know, by Damien and all. Uh, the naive naivety naivete. Uh-huh, yeah, there you go. Him, ding ding ding. Yep, of him <laughs> handing over to the military after the military right cold cocked this guy. Yeah, and Damien basically calling him on and saying, "Yeah, he's probably dead." Yeah, well, they're or being experimented on. Yeah. Yeah. Now, fun book. Uh, really, I mean, I enjoyed it. I'm curious to see where it's going to go. And you know, Aaron, you, you with the the Damien scene that you referenced was, you know, it, 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 this this book was basically three scenes, right? There's the birth of Jonathan yeah. Kent, the scene with the you know the 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 super powered uh, you know victim essentially, and then We're gonna the call scene him with Damien. Wildfire. Wildfire. <laughs> and then the scene with um, Damien, and you know, e- each one of them has. You know, has their own merits, and I, I really, yeah. I appreciate that him and Damien are, are are such such close friends, and they have um they have a banter about them that real Superman and Batman don't. Yeah, right? I am a bit nervous about the future of the book because of the conversation he has with Damien, though. The, yeah. I don't want to overstep and make people nervous, and Damien's answer of "There are people in the world that could do with being nervous," because I remember how much I hated the. Uh, what was it? Future state, Jonathan yeah. Kent stuff. And I am afraid they may be taking him down a path that I won't enjoy. I enjoyed this book. The at least two thirds of the book I really enjoyed. So mm-hmm. I'm on board for issue two, but I am cautious they may be starting a path that I won't care for. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see. In, in Tom Taylor, I, I certainly hold some trust. And, um, you know, the, the other super book or one of the other super books, Action Comics 1033, continues Philip Kennedy Johnson's. Yeah. Philip Kennedy Johnson's story about um, the Mongol Mongol War World. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You got um, it. Re- refugees. Um, you know, that Superman is is helping to to free and uh, lots of focus on. You know, tensions between the surface world and Atlantis and, you know, the Mongol refugees. And, and you know, there's a lot happening in this issue. Yeah. Well, and let's just take a moment to talk about how freaking fantastic the artwork is in this book. Oh, uh, yeah. Highly cin- yeah. Highly cinematic. I, mm-hmm. I can't get over how gorgeous the uh, the artwork is in this book. And beyond that, not, Wayne, I know War World's not your cup of tea. Oh, this book is fantastic. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed uh, the contrast that we get from Superman to Jonathan from the earlier book. You know, uh, Jonathan Kent is very much, you know, that ingenue, right? Whereas this is a, a seasoned, tempered Superman who's like, you know, this is this is how I'm going to play this. This is what we're going to do. I, I very much enjoyed that. Uh, I, 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 I like where this is going. I like yeah. the, the yarn that it's spinning and it's making a strong case for why Superman is going to leave the planet. I get it. I, 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 I think this book is terrific and I think it's setting up, uh, something that I think is going to be really interesting. Yeah. And what's interesting is it's war world rising part four. Uh huh. Um, I have not been reading uh, action comics these last few issues uh-huh and i kind of got out on the super books until this what i perceived was a relaunch even and even though this is part four it you, you could pick this book up and, and and get the story i feel with no with little to no I, problem i agree and i really do feel like this is the first book in the series that really gets its feet under it um i think that i i've enjoyed the others but they are not nearly as strong as this book yeah, and yeah, the art uh, is is brilliant. You know, Daniel Semperi has a, a Greg Land style to him, but yeah, but better. Uh, yeah, but without the uh, Photoshop and the yeah. uh, you know cribbing other people's work. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> without tracing, without tracing Maxim pictures, or, right? You know, right. whatever. Yeah, it, it, it's it's great. Um, so good. Well, good twofer of Superman I, last week. I very much love the culture that they're building around the citizens of Warworld and, the, mm-hmm. and the, the chains and why they wear them and you know how you forge your links and that you know you're you you wear these chains and every time you lose a battle you have to give a, a, a piece of your of your chain a link to the person who wants they've got more mobility more freedom still chained but they've got more freedom and you get less every time you lose I I thought that was super interesting. I, I mean, I was like, yeah. well, that is really very cool. It was a nice touch for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, some, some backstory and some world building that, you know, that yeah. wasn't necessary that, you know, in, in an, an, an otherwise not as well written book yeah. would have just been glossed over. Yeah. Uh, you know, I really thought this, uh, war world story was just going to ape that wonderful George Perez story in action comics, you know, many, many, many years ago that still stands out as one of my favorite Superman stories. And it's not. It's really taking it to a whole different place. 
uh, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it very much. I, 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 the the two Superman books that we that we talked about are just fantastic. I'm really getting my Superman fix. Yeah. Well, and I gotta say, what? during the Bendis run, not so much. Yeah, not, not so much. much. Yeah. So what I want to really know, Aaron, you were the hardest out of all of us on Static. <laughs> so yeah. I'm curious your take on Icon and Rocket number one. I am conflicted. Um, I think they did an admirable job. I think the artwork is is good. Like for instance, in Static, couldn't stand the artwork. Um, I thought the artwork was strong here. I thought the uh, storytelling, same. But here's my problem. Here's my objection to this, is it is essentially a retelling of the original Icon and Rocket. You know, it's it's they really haven't changed much. The, the Really what they have done is they've taken what the original series did and told you over the course of the series and put it into one issue. So it's a recap. Uh, if you are a fan of the old series, there is I, I don't think there's anything new here. Um, so for me, it wasn't particularly satisfying. Um, I understand that they've got to reset the table. I understand that they are telling Icon and Rocket stories for people who have never read Icon and Rocket because it has not had a new issue since the 90s. And yeah. it, uh, you know, it, it is, uh, you're telling stories to folks who've just, who've never heard of the characters before. Yeah. And unlike Static, it hasn't had the other media approach. Right. No, you're like, absolutely right. He has shown up in. Like, I think he was in Justice League Unlimited for, like, mm-hmm. an episode or so. But he's never had a, his own series like Static did. He doesn't have that cultural awareness that Static does. Yeah. So I think they needed to do that. And for me, I, I've i always found the character interesting. I know the basic setup, but I never read the original. Right. And it's one I've picked it up now that they've re-released it, but I haven't read it yet. So recapping it was not an issue at all for me. Sure, and, and I, get I wanted that. that. Yeah, I, I I completely understand the necessity for it. It's just as as someone who is such a big Icon and Rocket fan, um, just wasn't very satisfying for me. Uh, but, it, yeah, but I was you curious know, about the pacing. So I'm getting in the original based on when it was written. Probably everything that happened here happened in like half the space, right? Um, everything that happened in this book in the original series took place over at least six issues. Oh, wow. Because a lot of it was told in flashback. Yeah, and that was one thing uh, I was going to okay. say, right, is for, for what it's worth, I I actually didn't like the format of this book. You know, uh, it, it was very it, linear, right? Was, I mean, yeah. and, I, and I think that it would have benefited from tell me an icon and rocket story after they've been at it for six months or a year and then flash back to the origin. Yeah. You know, give me something as a longtime re- reader, reward me uh, because guys, it's all about me. Uh, <laughs> Not just you, right? Reward a comic book reader. Yeah. You know, with, with a, uh, picking up a superhero book with superheroes on the cover with more than just, you know, yes, I know there's this scene with the aliens in the first few pages, but other than that, it's really just kind of your, you know, just kind of a standard dramatic story. Um, and, and, you know, what, I don't know, for, for what it's worth, I, I kept thinking, this would be great told in flashback. Um, but the, as a first issue, I, there wasn't enough oomph, I yeah. felt. There was no yeah. oomph, <laughs> I thought, uh, in, in this first issue. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I, and I, but unlike, unlike Static, I'm coming back for issue two. Uh, I'm hard out 
on static. I just did not think it warranted any more of my money. But uh, you know, and I'll, I'll check it out in the DC and Infinite app. But uh, uh, I. I I, I am cautiously optimistic that they're going to give me something fresh in the pages of Icon and Rocket. I think they've got to do that, right? I, you know, Doug Braithwaite's uh, you know doing some great work on the art. Uh, I, I am hopeful that Reggie Hudlin's going to give us you know a fresh new take on the character rather than just recycling what Dwayne McDuffie gave us, uh, you know, what thirty years ago. So. Anyway, I, I it's good. I think it's it's very new reader friendly. It's just not nearly as friendly to somebody who is as familiar with Icon and Rocket as Paul and I are. Yeah. So so you're on for issue two, Wayne. How about you? Oh, I'm definitely on for issue two. I said for me, I didn't have the origin. So other than you know knowing about the character's origin, I'd right. never read it. So. For me, I really appreciated it, but I do think that it probably would have been better served to have actually seen them in costume and then, you know, give us one scene mm-hmm. of that to start the book and then flash back. Exactly. I mean, I, that's that's just a standard comic book trope, right? You know, in yep. media res, and then yep. you tell your, you know, your flashback. Right? Rather, the linear storytelling is it works in a television show and i get that you know by using things like season one you're kind of referring things to referring to it as such right. but you know it's different when i only have to wait a week versus when i have to <laughs> wait a month right right, right. <laughs> well you know we talked we started this episode uh talking about suicide this the suicide that's squad, right. right keep that article in there paul yeah uh and, you know and, which directed by james gunn and, and i think one of the things we can all agree on and, and everyone is saying is the similarities to guardians of the galaxy um, yeah, some similar sensibilities, right? Uh, I find that uh, Beta Ray Bill from Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer is within the same sensibility and mindset um, as as those things. So, f- for for what it's worth, I, I feel if you're a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies or Thor Ragnarok, Beta Ray Bill is is your comic book. I completely agree. Completely mm-hmm. agree. Um, I, this book was such a surprise for me this year. Uh, you know, I. I have really been given to discount the quality of a Beta Ray Bill book because so few people know how to draw and write for him. And that has not been the case here. I think the, the artwork is certainly uh, exotic and uh, you know a little quirky, but I think works well for the story. And the writing has been pitch perfect on this character. And, you know... We speculated early on about how we thought this this story would end. Like, for instance, I thought for sure that Scuttlebutt, his ship, who turns into an android uh, midway through the story, I thought for sure that she was going to become his new weapon. Right? That yeah. she that her intellect, you know, and that she loves him so much that she would become his new sword, his new hammer, whatever that was going to be. That did not happen. Uh, in fact, a lot of what I thought was going to happen in this book did not happen. So the big question is, were we satisfied, Wayne? I haven't read the last two issues yet. So you're satisfied then, <laughs> <laughs> Paul? Yeah. Oh, I I, th- I absolutely was. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I remember the first issue. I'm like, eh, I don't love this first issue. You know, it, particularly the characterization of Sif in the first issue. Right. Um, I, I, I really that scene really bugged me, but I'm glad I stuck oh, and, with it. And let's let's refresh that scene. She and Bill were about to hook up until she realizes that he can no longer switch back to his humanoid form mm-hmm. and then, you know, shuts him down. 
and which drives this whole story because he wants to gain that power back. You know, Thor destroyed his hammer, which destroyed the magic that Odin put into it that allowed him to return to a humanoid shape because he was uh, surgically engineered to be this, you know, horse faced character. Uh, so that that's what drove, you know, yeah. being rejected from the arms of Sif uh, because he's too horsey for her. Uh, you know, and people pay extra for that in Mexico, by the way. But uh, he, uh, <laughs> he he goes on this mission to you know gain that power back, get get his new get a new weapon and gain that power to restore himself to his humanoid form. So, Paul, continue. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, key driving factor uh, of this, um, you know, is Bill's ability to become humanoid to feel powerful again. And you, you know, uh, not, spoiler warnings on, you know, he he he. he gets it right he gets the sword he turns back to a humanoid but you know the beauty is just skin deep right um he 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 very much all he sees when he looks in the mirror is the horse face right not not his humanoid form um you know the, the like i said the damage is 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 done there um internally and emotionally but there there's some great moments in this book all the characters are so fun whether it's pip or scourge or um, the ship's name? Who? What? what what's the ship's Scuttlebutt. name? Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt. Yeah, yeah. Scuttle. I mean, Scuttlebutt is just such a great character. I, I loved everything about these last few issues, and I love yeah. the way it wrapped up. How about you? Same. I. You know, it, it's always nice when a book surprises you, right? Uh, and so the ending, I very much surprised me. Uh, and never in my wildest dreams did I think he was going to walk away with the Twilight Sword. Um, so I, I think that's super interesting that, you know, I thought, I thought that he would use the twilight sword to, you know, jigger himself back to a humanoid shape, which he did. But then the fact that they left, uh, you know, they, they left the realm with, with the sword. So, uh, I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I love Pip the Troll. Pip the Troll is one of my favorite uh, characters, and he is so underutilized in the Marvel Universe. Uh, it was nice to see him here, and I was thankful that he didn't die in the book. Yeah, Spoiler me too. warning. Spoiler um, warning, because I think he does. Yeah. He <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it looked really grim there for him for a moment. I'm like, oh man. Because <laughs> I really do enjoy him. But uh, I, to your point, I Scourge, too. I mean, I thought they put together a terrific team of characters on this book, and it's just super enjoyable. And again, you know, the artwork was terrific. The the damage that they do to, to Surtur in the book is just oh, yeah. stinking up. Stinking amazing. Uh, it was a great book. It's a great yeah. book. I, I, I think that, you know, if you have not read this book in single issue form, pick it up and trade when it comes mm-hmm. out because it's just awesome. Yeah, and it'll read even better in trade than I think uh, I it's agree. read as individuals. And I, and I loved it individually. It'll read better in trade. But, you know, the, the volume of comics that we read, uh, and I'm, I'm certain age plays into this as well, I frequently, you know, have to go back and refresh myself on last month's book going into this month's book, right? You know, it's like, what the hell happened? Uh, it's a lot of comics we read. Yeah. But that has not been the case on this Beta Ray Bill series. I find I have found every issue highly memorable. Um, and, I, and I think that really goes to the quality of the storytelling, both visual and narrative. I think that goes to how exciting and fun this book is. 
Uh, and I think that also speaks to the quality of some of the other books I read. Okay. So <laughs> I, 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 I really, I, I think when we do the funnies this year, this one's going to be a hard one to beat for a uh, mini series. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. Good yes. stuff. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, speaking of miniseries, Batman 89, issue one, returning to the world of, of Tim Burton's Batman. Uh, the first issue comes out next week. I you am know, super when you, excited. When you first told me about this, I was not interested. I was like, yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> but seeing some of the preview art and hearing some of the, uh, the uh, commentary about it, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. And I'm not I wanna, reading a Batman book right now, but I'm in. What I really want to see, they're doing this, and they're going to do a uh, Superman, the Christopher Reeves one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to see a crossover. I, I think that will absolutely happen at some point. Yeah, I would not Why wouldn't you do that? Why yeah. wouldn't you do that? And why wouldn't you, you know, bring in Wonder Woman? You know, I mean, I, I think that I think that that will happen at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is Toe in the Water, six-issue yep. miniseries. I'm yep. very, very excited for it. And speaking of Batman, um, the free, though Free Comic Book Day was not yeah, – I don't a Free Comic Book Day I don't think actually happened this year. It's I, the – I think it's happening soon, like in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Well, it's it might gonna, be next it's week. It's going to be virtual, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because next week, Batman uh, Free Comic Book Day edition comes yeah. out as well uh you know leading you know giving previews of books like i am batman from john ridley and the upcoming batman crossover fear state uh so that comes out next week and speaking of i am batman issue zero comes out next week from john ridley and travel forum featuring um in travel know, form travel foreman Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were giving me a new format for the book. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Yeah, uh, it's, I, travel I, you know, format. I had, at first, I had to learn Baxter and Prestige, and you know, now I got to learn travel. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am Batman issue zero, also from DC Comics. New issues of Joker, Justice League, Last Ride. Um, Suicide Squad, uh, Free Comic Book Day Edition, Infinite Frontier Issue 4, and H- Hardware Issue 1 from Brandon Thomas and Dennis Cowan. Continuing I, you know, the, the relaunch of the milestone titles. I'm in for hardware number one, but I'm same cautious, here. cautiously yeah, optimistic. Here. I loves me some hardware. I hope they do it right. Me too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, when when I was looking up books at the beginning of the show, I was like, ooh, I didn't know that was coming. And I made you guys wait. <laughs> the Defenders, issue one of five, from Alan what? Ewing and Javier Rodriguez. No. Uh, it looks like it has uh, Doctor Strange, The Masked Raider, um, Silver Surfer, and a couple of other characters. Going, I don't know who the Masked familiar. Raider is. Yeah, no, I don't know who I. Yeah, a couple huh. of new-looking characters in this, so uh, I'm... I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check yeah. out this first issue. As long Just as it's time not a... for Doctor Strange to be killed. Right. <laughs> as long as it's not a comedy, as uh, one of the prior Defenders releases was. It was yeah. sort of in that you know Justice League mode, which I, worked really well for Justice League. I did not feel like it worked really well for, for Defenders. So as long as it's uh, you know telling more of a straight sort of uh, Defenders story, I'm in. I yeah. love the Defenders. We but it's got to be week. done right. Yeah. 
Well, excellent. Well, we want to know what you thought of the Suicide Squad and of the Milestone relaunch and all the things. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if you, we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Starro. That's right. <laughs> right there on your face. Just right you know, there on your face. Pushing all of its all of its tentacle guts into your mouth. Yeah. It, it'll be the last <laughs> thing you ever win. Um, <laughs> you can also hit us up on social media, IOM Geek on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. What a deal. Hey guys, we'll do it all over again next week, minus a new Suicide Squad movie. Or I'm sorry, uh, minus a new The Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> See? But it's hey, hard. next week, next week, new season of Titans. Oh, yeah, new season of Titans. And hey, Batman, The Long Halloween Part 2 is now out. So, oh, yeah, uh, I guess I'm watching I, that tonight. Yeah, I got to get caught up on that, too. Yeah, yeah. But so many things. So many things. <laughs> Catch you next week. <laughs> Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. 